Most physicians, unfortunately, as they're learning or learn from medical school, residency, we're looking for shortcuts. And those shortcuts has to be evidence-based medicine. This is the Pulse Podcast, a series of healthcare insights. You just heard from Dr. David Farsi. He sat down with us at the AAEM Scientific Assembly organized by the American Academy of Emergency Medicine. Here's a quick overview of who he is with a special announcement too. My name is Dr. Farsi, David Farsi. I'm the chairman of the emergency department at Mount Sinai Medical Center in Miami Beach, Florida. Been an AAEM member for the past 15 years, been on the board director for the past two years and currently was elected today as the president-elect where I'll take, I'll become president in 2018 for the Academy of Emergency Medicine. Congratulations on that. Thank you very much. That is awesome. First up, you'll hear about the need for shortcuts in evidence-based healthcare and why they're so important. As my years has passed and evolved, critical care, evidence-based medicine has really tied up. Um, So it's really, really important that we evolve. And so we're looking for shortcuts. And those shortcuts has to be evidence-based medicine, um, has to be you know, great tools for the clinician to be able to use reliable, fast. Why is there the need to take advantage of shortcuts? So time constraint. Um, being an emergency physician is completely different than having your own office-based practice. An office-based practice, you can see your patient, the patient will wait in the waiting room and they may or may not get upset, but most likely they'll wait. For us, we're the door is open to anything that can walk in at any time, any given second. So you could be sitting with you and suddenly I have a cardiac arrest coming in, I have a difficult shortness of breath, we may have to intervene right away. So we're pressured with time. And you're looking and you have to make some split decision. And those split decisions are generally gestalt decision or they're rule-based decision. And it's very, very difficult. Next, Dr. Farsi talks a little about the difference between what is learned in medical school compared to what is happening today in the real world. The fact is there's significant difference. You know, we, sometimes we, we preach this was good when I was in medical school and now we realize maybe that's not so good and we killed a lot of people with injured people. So unfortunately, medicine is not a perfect science. Everybody wants to make it a perfect science. Medicine is an evolving field, has technology, is improving, our diagnostic capacity is improving, we're making progress. Now you're going to hear Dr. Farsi talk a little about his passion for evidence-based medicine. So evidence-based medicine is, you know, you're looking at studies where the certain question was asked and that study did answer the question or did not answer the question. This is evidence-based. This is not Dr. Farsi said, you know, we're going to do this because this is what I've been doing for 20 years and this is, it, it works. Well, that working is what we call in research an N of one, one person. Once we get a randomized control trial, we get a, a trial of 20, 50, 60, 100 patients, then at least it's not becoming just the expert of one person, it becomes, a, we can answer the question. And it's not that one person. So evidence-based medicine is extremely important for us. Dr. Farsi shares his thoughts on having a trusted filter to support physicians in real time. Exactly. And that's the main problem we're facing today with evidence-based medicine is you don't have that filter to say what type of 
evidence is that level. You know, product like evidence care might be even utilized with the patient. So, you know, we, I could show some of those rules, you know, with the patient and say, hey, listen, this is you. If enter this finding, enter this finding, enter this finding, oop, you don't need that CAT scan. You don't need this. You, that's what you need. And so it could be kind of a, incorporated into the care where the patient participate in the decision making. And it's not just me saying, hey, that's why you don't need this. So, yes, I think there's a lot of potential for the future with decision rule making or evidence summaries at the bedside. You mentioned like being able to remove the CT scans and remove things that are unneeded. So from your experience, how much, I don't want to sound negative like waste, but just additional things that are given to the patient that is not necessary, what kind of impact does that make on the industry? A billion, trillion impact. It's just unbelievable. It's, um, so I think most physicians who listen will relate exactly to what I'm about to say. So. You know, you sit there and you're trying to do the right thing for the patient. And again, I'll use the example with, you know, cough and uh, we have a huge bronchitis, um, which is 98% viral and it's not bacterial. But 98% of the patient will come and says, well, you know, I want the Z-Pack. I'm here for the Z-Pack. And you try to explain to them they don't need it. And it's a 20 to 30 minute conversation. But writing the prescription is so much easier and so much faster. To not even have the conversation. Correct. And is this good medicine? No. We know it's not good medicine. Increase antibiotic resistance and everything. But there's the reality. The reality is, are we willing to take on that that argument with that patient? And I think most physicians these days will say, no, I'm not arguing. I'm just writing the, the script. And so the difference between that and when you're able to use data, you can, you can educate them in a way that's collaborative instead of it being, no, you're, I'm not going to do this, or yeah, well, I guess I'll just write it out. Correct. And it, you're, tr- you're trying for them to you know, participate in their care. So I think if I show them the rules, you know, you're showing the room and plug in the data, you're like, boom, 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 this is where and they might be might be happier they, because now they participate in the care. I don't know. I don't know. There might be something interesting to look at. Excellent. Well, how about this? As we're, we're wrapping up now, let's talk a little about what your vision is for the academy. So the, the academy really stands for, you know, what we say, the solo doctors, not for a big contract group. We're there to represent the rights and of the, of the physician. And the, the vision of the academy has always been this. And we're... I'm just happy to continue the mission. Due process is one of those topics that we're continuing and taking on as a fight because physician today, emergency physician today, have no due process. I think it's horrible for physician. And unfortunately, physician are busy people. We're busy, you know, reading, we're studying, we're, it's a continued education involvement, so we're busy. We're seeing patients, we're working, and then, uh, so not many physicians are involved on the advocacy level you know, looking at those bills, trying to look at all these uh, involvement. And this is why my passion is to fight for the people that cannot fight. And so as a future president, I'll be continuing fighting for those people. Thanks for listening to the Pulse podcast. For more thoughtful insights from healthcare trailblazers, visit www.evidence.care/pulse. Thanks.